We're in 1 Peter 2, and we're going to start at verse 4. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now, to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And the stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Thanks, Catherine. Well, let's keep that page open and let's uh, start with a word of prayer as we begin and we think about what God wants to tell us this evening. Let's pray. Father, thank you that when we meet together, we don't have to guess what you're like. We don't have to guess what you've done for us, but you have made it clear. We have got uh, your word in front of us, these uh, eyewitness accounts. Peter is someone who knew you, who, who saw your marvellous deeds. And thank you, Lord, that we have your word here this evening so that we can know about you. Lord, as we think about these things this evening and what it looks like to follow the Lord Jesus, Lord, please speak to each one of us. Lord, by your Holy Spirit, please work in us your goodness through your word. Amen. Wonderful. Well, um, just a quick uh, recap on, on what we're looking at and uh, where we got to this morning. So 1 Peter 2 verse 9 is our verse for the year. Um, now as a church, we've, we've been in the habit of having a verse for the year for, I don't know, for quite a few years. You go around to uh, Phil's house, you'll see all these uh, posters on, on the fridge of previous verse for the years. Uh, and, and we choose those, not just we don't pick them out of the air, but because actually they are summing up what we want God to be doing in us this year. And so it felt appropriate as we were, we were thinking and praying as a, as a church leadership and others about what it means to, to understand belonging and understand what it means to know and share the gospel and communication. So we thought that 1 Peter 2.9 was a perfect verse. Now, it's not a short verse, so it's a bit harder, it's a bit more challenging. It might take you to about September to, to remember it all. But actually, it's got all of the stuff in there that we, we're going to be looking at over 2018. And Phil was telling us this morning these two key things from the beginning of verse 9 
about the fact that we are different. The people who, who follow the Lord Jesus are different. They're different than their non-Christian neighbours. Sometimes for good, sometimes for bad. But they are different. Because God has worked in their lives in a way that non-Christians haven't experienced. But not only that, because they are special. They are God's chosen people. And so we will see glimmers of that again as we look into verses 9 and 10. But what I want to do as we think about this this second bit, this second half of verse 9 this evening, is to start with a question. And that's, where do you think most people look for purpose in life? Where do most people look for purpose? Well, I think part of, of answering that question probably depends on a couple of things. It probably depends on where you grew up, uh, of what part of the world you grew up in, and also what kind of family upbringing you had. For, for the vast majority of, of human existence and for lots of cultures around the world, purpose is to be found primarily in family, in relationships, whether that is being a father or a mother, an aunt or an uncle, or, or a child looking after parents or, or grandparents. That's where you look for purpose in life. It's your family, it's your relationships. But in the past uh, couple of hundred years, in, in, in the west of Europe and in the United States as well, the shift has been away from family and towards career. What your job is, what, what you are achieving, that's where you look for your purpose in life. It's how you are fulfilling your desire to, to work and to, to earn an income. So there, I think, are probably where most people look for purpose in life. It's either in family, in relationships, or it's in your career, your work. Or perhaps for you, it's, it's a mix of the two. But there are problems with these. You see, as great as a family relationship can be, well, it can break. Family members can get sick and ill and die. People can leave or move away. You see, this isn't the best place to be looking for purpose in life. It's flaky. And the same with career as well. You can be doing wonderful. You can have done great at school and college, university. You're working for a great company and then all of a sudden, it just all breaks. As good as family and careers are, They're never going to satisfy us if that's where we're looking to get purpose in life. But the great news is that there is somewhere else, and we see this in this passage, that that talks about a purpose that we can achieve that, that is better than family, that is better than career. And that's what we see in 1 Peter 2 verse 9. But if we're to understand how we get there and what that kind of purpose looks like, then we need to actually think about what stops us from finding that true purpose. Why don't we just come across that instantly? Why, why do we spend time looking for purpose in family, relationships, or in terms of our career? What's wrong? Well, it's because many of us, we start off living with the wrong purpose. And Peter talks about three things that the people he is writing to were experiencing before they knew Christ as their Lord and Saviour. 
And it's these three things that stop us from finding that true purpose in life. And the first one is the fact that we are living in the dark. Look down at verse 9. He says right at the end there that you've been called out of darkness. Now to be called out of darkness means that once we were in the darkness. What does Peter mean? Well, by being in the darkness, he means you are apart from God's light. And God is light. He is light. He is love. He is life. And to be in the darkness is to be separated from that. Outside of a relationship with God. You see, without the source of light itself, we are never going to be able to see or understand our true purpose in life. Without the light, we have no way to see clearly. I remember once I was in a a supermarket uh, with my mum and um, I think it had been snowing outside, there was a bit of a storm and uh, all of a sudden in the supermarket the lights all went off and we were plunged into pitch darkness. And uh, my mum said, don't worry, don't worry, I, I thought this might happen, I've got a torch with me. So she rummages around in her bag. And then pulls out a hairbrush, which obviously wasn't great, you know. I guess once the lights had come on, you, can, you, know, you look a bit smarter. But, you know, a hairbrush isn't going to help you when everything is pitch black. You need, to, you need a torch, is what you need. It'd be easier now because everyone's got them on their mobile phones. But you needed a light to see where you were going, to get any idea of, of where you are and, and what the direction was out of there. You see, we can't find the purpose that we are made for without God's light, without the source of light himself. That's the first thing Peter says. The second thing is that we are all prone to this kind of individualism. This individualism. He says in verse 10, once you are not a people. What Peter's getting at is that the fact that once we were not members of God's family, not only were we alienated from God, we, we were out of sync with God, we didn't have that relationship with him, but as a result, our relationships with each other were broken. That we weren't a family, that we were all individuals going our own way. Lots of uh, modern books and, and films have picked up on this, this fear of individualism, or the fear of, of isolation. Lots of kind of films set in this, this post-apocalyptic environment where it's, it's just you and you're, you're having to survive and you don't know who else is out there, whether they're friend or foe. It's a terrifying place to exist in. And it's terrifying because not only were we made for a relationship with God... But we were also made for a relationship with with each other. It's not fair enough just to say that all you need is God. You do need God, but we need each other as well. You see, if we're looking for purpose, for true, lasting purpose, it's going to be found not outside of a relationship with others, but it's going to be found in God's new special community. This is where purpose is found. It's not found on our own, going out into the world on our own and trying to sort everything out. Once we were not a people, that's not how we find purpose. And thirdly, what stops us from finding true purpose in life is the fact that we live in 
ungrace. We live in a sense where we don't experience mercy and we don't show it either. Peter says this in verse 10. He says, once you had not received mercy. And what he's getting at as he writes to these, these mixture of different churches will spread around is that before you experienced God's love shown to you through Jesus Christ, you had no idea what mercy was about. You had nothing to really compare it with. This is life before the cross, life before mercy, before grace. And it can be difficult for a lot of us, I think even for Christians, we, we understand that we are saved by grace. <coughs> Excuse me. But still, we, we grow up and we understand the world in terms of, well, you've got to work your way up. You've got to do what you can and then hopefully at the end of the day, you'll be shown favour. But God's grace is nothing like that. God's grace comes to us before we've cleaned ourselves up and rescues us. But we're not used to it. It, it sounds too foreign. We're not used to being showing grace. And as a result, we're not used to showing grace to others. You see, this is what stops us from finding our true purpose in life. We're, we're living in the dark. We're tempted to be individualistic. And we live in this space of ungrace. <coughs> but wonderfully, Peter speaks to us about how we can live with the right purpose. And he contrasts those three things, those things that, as he says, once you were in the darkness, once you were not a people, once you had not received mercy. Well, what's the truth now? Well, firstly, we see that we are now in the light. We are in the light. Verse 9, he says, you've been taken out of darkness into his wonderful light. That is Christ's light shining into the darkness of our lives. This light of Christ that comes to us in all our darkness and gloom and dispels it with his awesome light. It's like the power of the sun shining on the earth. For however many hours, there are parts of the earth that remain in complete and total darkness. And as the, sun, as the earth rotates on its axis, the sun and its rays shine down upon the earth dispelling the darkness. The darkness doesn't try and put up a fight against it. It can't. It flees. The light shines into the darkness and it just disappears. It doesn't put up a fight. It just goes. And so it is with Christ's light when he shines into the darkness of, of our hearts, of our lives, of the things we think and the things we do. His light gets rid of that darkness. So if you want to think about where true purpose, a new purpose for your life comes from, well, it's got to start with this restored relationship with God. It's got to start with his light coming into your life. Otherwise, you're going to have no idea which way to go or to see clearly. You need that light. Now, I would like to say that this is a process. That once the light comes into your life, it's, it's there, it's there, but... If you're anything like me, well, there's lots of dark pits that still remain. That doesn't disappear on, on day one. As the light continues to shine into your, 
your life, then the darkness, it does ebb away. It's a process, but once it's started, God's not going to stop. It's like the turning of the earth. It, it seems dark first thing, and then more light, and more light, and more light, until eventually one day it's noon, and the sun is shining brightly in the sky. So that's the first thing, how we understand how we can live with a right purpose. It's by coming into the light of Christ. Secondly, a result of that is that we are no longer individualistic, but we are united. And this is why we're thinking about this and we're thinking about belonging this year at BH. Because now, because of what Christ has done, we are united. Peter says this in verse 10. He says, now you are the people of God. You are the people of God. We are each one of us part of the body of Christ. Each of us knit together, whether we're a new Christian or whether we've been a Christian for 50, 60, 70 years. We are all part of that body. Whether we we stand up and preach or whether we, we, we sit and we try and be quiet. All of us are part of the same body. Paul picks up this language in 1 Corinthians. We may feel like we're, we're on top of the shoulders or we're a little toe on the foot, but we are all part of the same body. And one of the things I'm excited about this year is, is, is really beginning to grasp that as a church family, what it means for us all to be one body, with Christ as our head, Christ as our leader. But we are all together. And I really do pray that we cherish that truth this year. As we think about belonging, we rejoice in the fact that we are one body here together. Now you are the people of God. You see, now that Christ's light has come into our life, we can see that purpose is found not apart from one another, but is found in loving one another. Now that can be hard. It can be hard to love people who have treated you badly. It can be hard to love those who rub you up the wrong way. And maybe you're sitting there and thinking, well, how can we do that? That sounds like a great idealistic thing, but is it actually plausible? Well, Peter says, yes, it is, because once we had not received mercy, but now we have received mercy. You see, we are people who have been given grace. And this grace is nothing less than that Christ died for me, to save me, to rescue me, to give me eternal life, to save me from the darkness of my sin and of God's judgment and to bring me into something wonderful. You see, we need to learn that. Maybe that's new to you. Maybe this whole idea of grace is just really fuzzy. Well, what a better year to to learn about it and to understand and to really grasp and rejoice in what grace means then this year as we try to make it a focus of what we are doing as a church here together. You see, it is by grace we have been saved, not by our works. So nobody may boast. Maybe we need to wake up every morning telling ourselves that truth. It is by grace I have been saved and not by works, so I may not boast. We need to say that when we're we're tempted to do something we know we shouldn't. No, no, no. It's by grace I've been saved, not by works. So I'm not going to boast. 
I'm going to rely on God's grace. That's the message we need to tell ourselves when we mess up for the hundredth time. It's by grace we've been saved and not by works. I'm not going to boast. Well, in fact, I am going to boast. I'm going to boast in Christ and what he has done and who he is. We don't want this identity amnesia, waking up thinking, who am I? What's my purpose in life? No, no, no. We are his. We belong to him. And he saved us by his grace. Keep, keep telling yourself that until it becomes a, this, this sweet thing that you desire to wake up every morning and think, yes, I've been saved by grace. This is a wonderful truth. I'm not going to boast about how good I am or, or how well I, I'm doing at the moment. But I'm going to brag about Christ and I'm going to brag about grace and I'm going to keep on coming back to it until it makes sense. So last of all, sorry I've taken you so long to get here. But actually, what is this purpose? What is this purpose that we're actually going to live out? We've seen what stops us from discovering it. We've seen how we need to be thinking rightly and how we need to be in a right relationship with God so we can discover our purpose. But what is it? Well, Peter tells us. He shows us how we can live out our purpose. And our purpose is to praise God. To be God praisers, to be God worshippers, to report on God's character, to declare what he is like. Verse 9, Peter says all of this, so that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. That bit there, that you may declare the praises of him. If you are here tonight and you are a follower of the Lord Jesus, that is your purpose in life. That is your number one goal. It is not your family relationships as good as they are. It is not your career as good as that is. Your purpose in life, your number one thing you are living for, is that you would declare the praises of him. That is your purpose in life. We declare, we report on his goodness to the world. This week, in our jobs, at school, in our family, with our neighbours, we declare God's goodness, what he is like, what he has done for us. That is our purpose in life. Please don't forget it. Write it down, remember it. That is your purpose in life, to be a God praiser, a God worshipper, a God reporter about what God's character is like. We need to use every opportunity we can to praise God, whether that's in, in silent and just rejoicing in, in what God is like, or sharing that truth with, with someone who, who's maybe going through a hard time or someone who isn't yet a believer. See, a person's purpose stems from who their identity is in Christ. And because you are in Christ, you're going to rejoice, you're going to declare his goodness in this world. And as we finish off then, three, three ways that, that I think we can maybe take from this passage to think about how we might do that. Some practical things for this year. The first is to think about the light then. The fact that we were once in darkness and now we have been brought into the light. It may be scary, but, but maybe think about what would your life be like without that light? Maybe 2017 has been a difficult year. I know it has for many people here. But the encouraging thing is to hear the testimony of God sustaining those people, even in the darkest times. Well, what a better place to start than by thinking, what would it have been like if I didn't have that light, that love of Christ in 2017? Or maybe before, or maybe right now. 
Secondly, people. How does it feel to be a part of this family? A family where they're not going to let you down. Or if they do, you know that there are others around to support you. This family can't run out on you. This family is for eternity. And the encouragement is Christ is the head of this family. How does it feel to be part of this family? And last of all, as we think about how we've been rescued by grace, not by anything that we've done, but all about what God has done, how grateful are you for that? For his mercy, for his grace in rescuing you. So I'm going to lead us now in a prayer as we finish. And I'm going to ask God to help us to, to, to really understand that this is our purpose in life. To praise God, to be reporting to one another what God is like and what God has done in our lives. That is our number one purpose in life. Because we've been brought into the light, we've been united with one another, and that has all come about because of his amazing grace. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word to us in 1 Peter 2 verse 9. Thank you for leading us um, to have that as our verse for the year. Lord, we do want to understand this more. We do want to grow in confidence in how we share the gospel and, and understand what it means that we belong to you and we belong to one another. Lord, help us to be thinking about ways where we can, we can share that, that wonderful truth where we can be declaring your praises this week, whether that's at school, at our homes, at work, wherever, Lord. Lord, we are grateful for what you have done in each one of our lives in bringing us out of darkness and into your light. Lord, help us never to forget it and help us to praise you this evening and forever. Amen.